0: How are you doing?
1: It's Zach Kasky. That more money. Prince. of Adam Henry. DJ
0: Laramie. And you're listening to Wind City Sports. Yo, what's good? My name is Drake Damore, and you're listening to Wind City Sports, Windsor's only local sports radio program and podcast on Cjam 99.1 FM, where we are now reaching higher ground in Windsor and Detroit. New episodes of Wind City Sports drop here on CJAM every Thursday, live at 8 p.m., and replays on Mondays at 12 noon p.m. You can hear all of our old shows on SoundCloud, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcast. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and much more. We'll talk all about that at the end of the show, as we normally do. Today is Thursday, May 17th, 2018, and it is episode 96 of Wind City Sports. Should have a lot of time later on in the show to talk about some local sports news, including our Windsor Clippers Junior B. Lacrosse team, the Windsor TFC Soccer Stars, Rogues Rugby, Border City Wrestling, and much more. All of that following our interview portion of the show later on. Uh, That brings us to this week's guest. This week on Wind City Sports, we'll be talking to coach Nikki Vitakovic of the Windsor Valiants Basketball Association. Nikki is a house league and travel basketball coach. She talks about her playing career as well and traveling around the world and Europe to play the game of basketball and how that transitioned into a coaching career for her. Uh, we also talk about obviously her passion for coaching and coaching the Valiants and how that relates to her full-time job as a high school teacher and of course we also talk about the organization and how you can get involved. Now is normally the time we would hear a Cjam PSA, but we're going to skip that for the podcast version and jump right into the interview with Coach Nikki Vitakovic of the Windsor Valiants Basketball Association. So here we go. Yeah. So to start off again, I just want to get a little background on yourself, let the uh, listeners get to know you a little bit better. Are you from Windsor? Did you grow up playing basketball here? Or what's the story there?
1: Okay, so I was actually born in Europe. Um, I came to Windsor when I was five and a half year, uh, years old. So okay. Um, yeah, there was, there's a lot going on in the country. Uh, it's Yugoslavia, actually. And there were no opportunities really for me to play basketball at that point. Mm. Um, and when we came to Canada, my parents weren't really familiar with the concept of playing travel sports. And they really wanted me to focus on academics. So I didn't start playing basketball until I was about se- in grade seven. So.
0: Okay, yeah, that's um, a fairly uh, good age to start playing basketball, especially as a young mm-hmm. lady. Uh, where did you play? Did you start playing in, in uh, grade school? or?
1: Yeah, so I did play in grade school. Uh, I went to, oh, jeez, I don't remember my grade school name. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, after that, I ended up going to Riverside High School, um, and we had a pretty talented team there. So one thing I'll always remember from Riverside is we ended up playing St. Anne's, um, and we lost to them in overtime with the Wexa finals the same time that they won off so it's pretty crazy. But um, other than that, thinking about travel basketball, um, I played for Essex. Um, and then I played through throughout Canada, throughout the States. Um, I was fortunate enough also to uh, work a little bit with the University of Windsor. So I played with them in the off season, sometimes coming in for the scout team now. Um, so just, just things like
0: that. That's pretty cool. You kind of started playing the sport and you feel like, oh, maybe I can... Keep doing this. So you had some interest in it, or, or what? Did, were people recruiting you, or how did that go?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, there was—I don't. It was—it was really hard uh, for me to get super involved with it mm-hmm. because, like I said, the main focus was academic for me. So, yeah, for sure. like, I mean, having no support from that side, it's—it's it's a little tough. So it was never like emphasized in my family or anything like that. But I did get into coaching fairly early, and I think that's kind of where my passion shifted um, and kind of gave me a whole new outlook and a new opportunity towards that.
0: So. Awesome. That kind of leads into my next question, um, was, you know, if, if when you were playing, did you see an opportunity to coach or maybe do some training? Like, did you start, uh, doing some stuff on the side with maybe your team or like a younger age kind of thing where your coach might say, Hey, do you want to help us out with the younger girls or something like that?
1: Mm-hmm. So it's actually one of my friends, um, he got me involved in coaching and I started working with uh, grade five boys at the time. And it was while I was in high school. Uh, so I was an assistant coach you just needed someone and I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, so during that point, it really made me realize how much I like love the idea of helping athletes reach their full potential. Right. So because like maybe I wasn't able to do it, it would have, I could have done it for someone else. Right. Absolutely. Um, it ended up being part of my life and, in every aspect, it was like, oh, okay, I'll help one time a week. And then it was like, okay, maybe I can come in three, four times, right? Um, people that are really passionate about the game, I love working. Um, I love working with those people and trying to get that passion out of people, right? Um, later on, I started working with females, and um, coaching allowed me to empower them so much uh, that it almost made me want to you know, continue to do that in order to build these strong uh, female leaders that I think we definitely need.
0: Absolutely. That's awesome. Because sometimes I just like to hear the stories about how people get to where they are. You know, there's always a different story. Maybe you had kind of planned, like, I might not be too good at basketball, but I can always coach. And, you know, I just uh, like to hear the story. So that's pretty cool. And, uh, again, sometimes it's just seeing somebody excel and improve that makes you want to go further in, in that discipline, in this case, obviously, being coaching.
1: Yeah,
0: for sure, for sure. Cool. So um, when you first started coaching, I mean, you started pretty young um, in high school. Did you have any uh, barriers to overcome? Was it difficult to you at first, or did you feel like it was kind of clicking and that's what made you want to do it more?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, other than when I first started, that was all, it was kind of, you know, not really taken seriously. At that point, it was just like, oh, this is something that I really enjoy to do. Um, and I might want to do it when I'm when I'm older, but it wasn't, you know, I didn't really think about it that much. So eventually then I started getting involved with high schools. Um, so I coached at Riverside. Uh, that was my first place, um, same school I went to. And then I ended up coaching at Tecumseh Vista um, for the girls and the boys. And then I started doing a travel team uh, with the Serbian girls, major midget travel team. Uh, and then I went to England for a bit. I started doing some coaching there while I was uh, teaching. And then um, when I came back, I worked with the University of Windsor women's basketball team. Um, and then now I'm with the Valiant. So in terms of uh, barriers, um, there, my biggest barrier I think I over had I had to overcome was having the time and resources maybe to become a head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, because it does obviously take a lot of planning and all that. So um, ultimately, I decided that it was something that I did want to pursue. So I was able to make uh, make everything work, right, change my schedule basically around basketball <laughs> as opposed mm-hmm. to maybe my real job. <laughs> so, yeah, I took the time to meet, as, meet with as many people as possible in order to learn more about the sport, right, engage with people, Fully understand kind of what it takes, mm-hmm. and working with uh, Chantal L.A. at the University of Windsor really helped me because uh, you know I was able to see what it actually takes to build a winning team, like a winning program, and I'm um, essentially independent woman.
0: That's awesome. That's that's a great story, and I'm sure that your um, your experience helped you at being all around the world, really playing. You went over to Europe and did some coaching, like you mentioned. That's that's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Cool. So I imagine by now it's something that you're quite passionate about.
1: Yeah, honestly, I can't really imagine my life without it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, like, playing it, watching it, reading it, coaching basketball, like, anything really that has to do with basketball, I love, right? If I'm not in the gym for a couple of days, like, uh, this feels a little off. Or if I haven't watched game tape or something, it just feels a little weird, right? Oh, so, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely shaped who I am uh, today. And with coaching, like like I've already said, it gives me so many opportunities to develop others. Um, and I kind of want to bring that across. So.
0: Absolutely. And that actually kind of leads into my next question. Uh, talking about um, coaching the, these girls, and you're with the Valiants now, uh, what are some important characteristics and uh, character-building qualities that you teach your players?
1: Uh Okay. It's kind of a tough one, <laughs> <laughs> just because there's so many, right? There's so yeah, many sure. uh, positive realize, too, uh, Yeah,
0: there's right? a
1: there's a lot you want to instill, but since I I um, am coaching females, I think one of the biggest things um, that I want to come across is self confidence, right? So, essentially, a combination of self esteem and self efficacy, right? Um, I did some master's research, and as Studying women's involvement in STEM education, so like science, technology, engineering, and math, and there's actually a huge gender gap di- gap difference experience in STEM programs, and it's mainly due to the differences in self-efficacy. So, I mean, if if I can help in any single way with self-confidence, um, it's not only going to influence their performance um, with basketball, but in their life as well, right? So,
0: absolutely. That's the exactly. thing. We're not just teaching them how to play basketball. We're teaching them life values, right, and life lessons. Like it could be anything.
1: Absolutely, and there's so many of them <laughs> that can be taught through basketball. Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm uh, just talking a bit, little bit about the uh, recruitment process. I always see like a lot of people are looking into the person more than the player. Uh, how can you improve these girls with uh, with their teamwork and their attitudes for each player? Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, when you get a team, it's it's obvious that there's, I don't know, sometimes 12, 13, 14 uh, very different individuals, right? Different personalities, interests, values, and morals. I mean, they do come together uh, with their love to bat- for basketball, but there's so many other things that are uh, making them different. So I think sometimes it becomes tough to get all these different characters to come together as one, right? And some things that we've done throughout the season in order to improve teamwork and the attitudes of the players is um, we encourage social activities, so trying to get them um, out as much as possible, hanging out with each other, um, really understanding who the other person is, right? Um, being able to discuss any concerns that they may have with each other is important for us, so um, we try to have them hang out as much as possible. Um, so we also do a lot um, to help give back to our community, just so that the girls can, first of all, hang out with each other, and secondly, uh, realize how uh, fortunate they really are. Right. So we do things like uh, run some house league, house leagues for the valiants, um, and they become instructor, instructors. We have done a wheelchair basketball game. Uh, we're involved with a nonprofit organization, um, one called Laws leadership advancement for women in sports and the girls actually become um, leaders of a specific sport um, that they that they hold for youth ages 6 to 12 years old. Um, we're going to be doing the big bike for the heart and stroke uh, at the end of the month. We're going to um, right. try to get them involved as much as possible. And then lastly is some kind of team culture of respect and trust, right? Uh, where communication becomes vital. vital. So uh, one way we've done that is accountability, right? So we, we speak about high expectations. We define roles for the team members. Um, we're constantly checking up with the players to see kind of if we're all on the same page. And I think doing all those things together definitely helps.
0: A hundred percent. I think uh, accountability is one that kind of gets overlooked sometimes. But obviously team bonding is, is incredibly huge, which is awesome that you guys do that stuff. And just going back a little bit when I asked about uh, if there's any barriers to overcome, like how you were talking about with this question, every, every person is different. You know, every every kid that you're coaching is different. So sometimes uh, sometimes it's getting to know that, that person, right, and uh, figuring out how they learn and how you can coach them.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Cool. Uh, uh, there's different. I mean, like there's different learning styles, right, exactly. for each individual. Just like in a classroom, I yep. mean, it translates to the to the gym. So you got to find that.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean with like uh, finding that uh, line between playing a sport and learning stuff like that, and bringing it into into real life. It all kind of translates.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So, cool. So um, now with the Valiants, so let's talk about the team that you're coaching. Uh, you've been around the world uh, playing basketball and coaching basketball. Where have you brought this team? Uh, is it like a Canada-wide thing, or a North America thing, or or what?
1: Uh, okay, so we're actually part of the Jewel League right now. Um, and when I first when I first considered becoming involved with the Valiants, like I I was familiar with the organization. I didn't really know the specifics of the Jewel team. Um, so overall, I think that this is definitely a building year for us. Uh, trying to build the program and you know develop a strong team takes a lot of time sometimes and um, I believe that this was definitely a great year to start that foundation so I mean I think uh, myself and my assistant coaches so Carolise and and Milza uh we both set very high standards um, and very high expectations and uh, I think that we intend to continue this process next year and I do believe that the players this year have developed both um as basketball players and as individuals.
0: Yeah, I mean it takes time, right? So you have to to see your plan and let it play out. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. um is this like, is this like your full-time kind of thing now or is it just something that you're kind of doing on the side for uh for something that you're passionate about?
1: <laughs> yeah, so unfortunately, it's not going to pay my bills right now. Yeah. Right. So, um it's something that I can't really do as a full-time job yet um who knows in the future yeah. uh i'm actually a high school math and business teacher oh, okay. um and you know it's also something that i'm super passionate about and there's many aspects of teaching and coaching that are quite similar right, right absolutely. so um you know i believe that coaching basketball definitely makes me a stronger teacher and the other way around right teaching will make me a stronger coach so um i try to translate one into the other and try to make it work as much as possible.
0: Absolutely. I think like some of the best coaches are teachers and, and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think it's just because there is a huge overlap. I mean, we've already talked about learning styles exactly and, that. um, right. Differentiating things. So, uh, also dealing with conflict, right. That comes up with teams mm-hmm. and that comes up in the classroom. There's, there's a whole bunch of things we could say about
0: that. So, yeah, absolutely. I like that, uh, that similarity between the two. It's awesome. So you being a teacher and a coach, what is uh something that you find very beneficial uh to coaching those girls at the Valleys? Uh
1: okay. Well I'm I think first you kind of, of all, touched
0: it upon it as well before, like when you said, you know, seeing well and, and improve, it could be something that um uh you find beneficial, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um so I'm extremely right grateful to have been able to find a benefit to coaching first and foremost. I mean, right. Because it was never valued, like I said before for Mm -hmm. me. Um, And now I think the biggest, the biggest benefit of it is that it definitely does help me in my career. So um, when I think about coaching, I think about different things that I need to do. So things like staying alert, things like being focused, being able to find each player's learning style, being able to adapt, stay flexible, right? Using problem-solving strategies, leading by example, right? Um, all of these different things, building a safer environment, establishing goals, building personal awareness, right? Communicating effectively. i go on forever with all of these. Um, and these are aspects that and, and different qualities that I need to be able to do in order to become an effective teacher. Uh, so it's just basically giving me p- the practice, right? And mm-hmm. I mean, the more the more I can do this, the better I will be at it. So um, other than that, it gives me the satisfaction um, of knowing that I can make a positive difference in someone's life um, through something that I love and and I find extremely fulfilling.
0: That's awesome. That's great. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously, a passionate coach and teacher, um, to kind of wrap things up, if if a girl in Windsor or anyone in Windsor really um, was looking to get involved in the Valley's basketball, rather, it be house league or travel, or maybe they're already a player, want to improve their game. Uh, what advice would you give them and how could they find you guys?
1: Yeah. Um, the biggest advice that I would say is just never quit, right? Keep going, Absolutely. keep going, keep going. Um, even if right now you're not the best, I mean, putting in the work is going to get you there, mm-hmm. uh, get into that gym as much as possible and, and do things on your own. Right. Um, a coach can only be there with you for so much, but, uh, get to that next level, uh, whatever that next level may be for that individual, uh, I think you, they need to be putting in the work, right? Um, in terms of opportunities, of how to get involved. So I mentioned earlier that we run a house week program. Mm-hmm. It's every Saturday. Um, it just started this past Saturday, so April 28th, and it ends June 2nd, and it's for girls in grades 1 to 8. It's about $50 per person and it's held at Forrester. So um, you can also get involved with summer camps that we will be putting on in July and August. And then our tryouts for the club teams begin sometime in September. So um, if you're looking out in terms of um, getting involved with coaching, you could always contact Josh Lehman, uh, which is the president of the organization, um, or myself and any information that you may need um, in terms of contacting us or anything like that. You could just go to windsorvaliance.ca. And everything's on there. We'd love to get as many young females involved um, in the program and give them an opportunity to continue to give back to their community, right? So, whether it be through playing or coaching, uh, there's a way to get involved.
0: Great. It's good that they give all these opportunities to the kids, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Because basketball is not super as big as some other sports in in Windsor and, you know, in Canada alone. So, uh, it's good to get that exposure and give everyone the opportunity. Okay, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Wind City Sports, Windsor's only local sports radio program and podcast on CJAM FM in Windsor and Detroit and all around the world on iTunes, SoundCloud, and much more. We just heard from Coach Nikki Vitakovic of the Windsor Valiants Basketball Association. If you missed part of that interview, you can listen to it on iTunes and SoundCloud after this episode airs on Thursday at 8.30 p.m. Now we're going to begin to break down some local sports news in a moment But first, I want to talk a little bit about some exciting things that will be coming to Wind City Sports in the next few weeks In two weeks from Saturday, Wind City Sports will be celebrating its two-year anniversary Crazy how time flies Um, And then about two weeks after that, we'll be having our 100th episode In the next coming weeks, we're going to be having some awesome guests Like former Windsor Spitfire and now uh, Windsor Lancers hockey coach Eric Wellwood the returning Aiden Prince, and some more Windsor Clippers lacrosse team players. But I'm working hard to try and get a stellar guest for that 100th episode. I have some in mind, a few that come to mind, are some athletes that are from here that are playing in the big leagues, and some who are playing in the big leagues in their respective sports who uh, had come through here in their junior teams and have recently uh, ended their time uh, in the NHL, at least for the season, so they will be free to hopefully do some interviews with us soon. So the next few weeks should be pretty exciting leading up to the 100th episode we'll be celebrating our two-year anniversary and just trying to pack up as many awesome guests as possible obviously every guest that i have has been just outstanding but trying to bring in some big names and a huge name for that 100th episode so i'm working on it hard and we'll see what we come up with and now it's time to break down some local sports news, kicking things off with the Windsor Clippers Jr. B. Lacrosse team. Picked up yet another win on Sunday over the Point Edward Pacers, 11-9. A lot of close matchups between those two lately following the Clippers' overtime win over the Pacers in the previous week. Braden Maya scored five goals and two assists to tally up seven points. Jake Rosa with another hat-trick and assist to top off four points. Chase Cavanaugh had a goal and 4 assists and Noah Bushnell backed up the scores with 5 assists. Maya now leads the league in goals and points with Jake Rosa in 2nd place for, for points. Uh, Noah Bushnell is now leading the league in assists with 36, although they are actually playing right now in London against the Devils, uh, sorry, the Blue Devils, uh, and their next home game is a Saturday when they take on the Orangeville Northmen at Force Glade Arena at 7pm. So obviously some of the stats can change between now and then, and better yet tonight, but their next game yet again is a Saturday at FG Arena at 7pm. The Windsor TFC continues to look for their first win of the League One Ontario's men's soccer season. Stefan Milledry got Windsor TFC on the board uh, first this past Sunday, or Saturday, in their road match in Mississauga against the Sigma FC. However, Sigma, who is 1-0, that being their Uh, First game of the year, as mentioned earlier uh, on previous episodes. Uh, They were up by a goal by halftime and went on to beat the Windsor TFC, who are, like I said, still looking for their uh, first win. They're 0-2-1 right now, and they ended up taking that win 4-1. Their next game is this Saturday, May 19th at 8 p.m., when they travel over to the Masters Football Club to take them on on their home turf. Their next home game is to be announced for sometime this month, I don't have a set date yet, but the TFC 3 will be traveling to Windsor for League Cup draw action. Next weekend, the Windsor Rogues Rugby Club returns to AKO Park for the first time since the Rose City International Tournament two weekends ago. They have a doubleheader, as always, featuring both men's A and B division teams. On May 26th, they take on the Fergus Highland teams here at uh, AKO Park in Windsor. B Division at 1.30pm and A Division at 3pm. Border City Wrestling presents Impact Wrestling tapings at St. Clair College on both June 1st and 2nd, coming up very soon. Tickets are available for one night or both on bordercitywrestling.com. They can also be purchased at various locations around the city as listed on their site. So far announced to appear on the Impact Wrestling tapings is the Impact Champion Pentagon Jr., Tessa Blanchard, OVE, and Rich Swan. Rich Swan is a former WWE cruiserweight champion, and his theme song used to be the old Win City Sports theme song, Can You Handle This? And as recent as yesterday, the machine Brian Cage has been added to the tapings in Windsor, again on June 1st and 2nd. We will have Aiden Prince, as mentioned earlier in the show, returning the week of the tapings. The Detroit Grand Prix is approaching quickly as well. It will also be taking place throughout June 1st to 3rd weekend. There's going to be a ton of stuff going on in Windsor that weekend. a ton of stuff to do. But all ticket pricing and info can be found on their website at DetroitGP.com. In other news, for the second time in three years, LaSalle's Kylie Mass has been named the Ontario University's Athletics Female Athlete of the Year. The 22-year-old Mass, who swims through the University of Toronto Varsity Blues, had another dominating season in the pool in her fourth season with the program. She just came back from high-altitude training in Arizona, and Mass is back at school taking some summer courses. She will compete in California next month before heading to Edmonton in July for the Pan-Pacific Trials in hopes of landing a spot on the Canadian team for the Pan-Pacific Championships, which will be held in Japan in August. Uh, Such an outstanding athlete and has accomplished so much in the last just uh, three or four years that we had mentioned there. Uh, being named the OUA Female Athlete of the Year uh, 2 out of 3 years uh, likely she will land a spot on that team and and I hope so obviously some more Windsor pride Windsor's Brandon McBride opened his outdoor season on Saturday at the IAAF Diamond League event in Shanghai, China Uh, Brandon was one of Canada's Olympic runners back in 2016 he's 23 and ran a season best 1 minute Forty-five seconds to finish the f- in the fifth place in the men's 800 meters. But it looks like that's all I got for this week on Wind City Sports. We're here on C Jam with new episodes live every Thursday, ninety-nine point one FM in Windsor and Detroit, and replays on Mondays at twelve noon PM. You can listen to every single episode on SoundCloud, iTunes, and wherever podcasts are found. Wherever you get your podcast, you should be able to search up Wind City Sports and find all 96 episodes of this show. You can also listen to uh, the last couple episodes on cjam.ca. We have some new and old interviews posted up on YouTube now. And, of course, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search up Wind City Sports and you should easily be able to find us. And, of course, go back and listen to some recent episodes with former Windsor Spitfires, Mark Kondari and Craig Dunnick, Kelly Michael Brinton, Spider Jones, TJ Laramie, and former WWE champion Alberto Del Rio. We're approaching that 100th episode, and we will have some more awesome guests for you in the next couple weeks. But until then, smell you later.